Hello and welcome to episode 6 of No Techno Bubble. I'm Carl Heath. Today we're talking about one of those rather larger topics in technology. Everything you need to know about broadband. In fact, there's probably so much to this topic that I'm going to split it down into two podcasts. So really this is part one of broadband and we'll move on to part two next week. Now what I want to do here is give everybody in business a little bit of an opportunity to understand what this actually means because most of us know what broadband means it's a thing that connects us to the internet we've got broadband at home we've got broadband in our offices we get that kind of thing but what i want to do is go into a little bit more detail for you about the different types of broadband that you can have what you can buy for your business what might be the best thing to have what's the most expensive thing what's the cheapest thing what the risks are the ones in between that's what we're going to talk about today i really want to start with the key focus that has jumped to the forefront that the internet now is the core of your business you really can't do anything without it and i often say to people who go no that's not true carl i can still work without the internet i go and ask them to turn their broadband off in their business for a period of time usually about half a day something like that and say go on turn it off and let's see how long you can last without it now if they're cheating a little bit they'll tell everybody in the company i'm going to turn the broadband off and everyone's prepared and ready to go and you can probably survive a couple of hours if you know it's going to be happening so i say to them you can't do that you can't cheat you've just got to turn it off on a day without telling anybody what's happening and let's see what the reaction is from your employees have a go if you're in the position to do it, it's your business and you can do this have a go and see what happens people generally get a bit irked for 10 minutes then they go, all right, well, I'll make a cup of tea and I could do some bits of paperwork and things like that for half an hour or so. You get them to 40 minutes plus and it's, where's my emails? I can't get my emails. I, I can't do any work. I can't do my job. I'm going to get behind. Because remember, if your internet goes off, you're still going to expect all of your employees and yourself to be able to deliver what you need to deliver that day. You've got to do your job. Your job still will get done. So every time you haven't got the internet, none of your employees can do their jobs. And that gets them pretty fraught when the time starts to crack on. And you could probably bet it's going to come at an unfortunate time. And knowing most people, it's always payroll day. So you can't kind of cut it out from people like that because it really makes a big difference to them. You turn it off and try it out yourself and you'll just see what an unpleasant experience it becomes in your business when you haven't got the internet. What I want everyone to do is get on board with the concept that the internet is the backbone of what you do in your business. It's the most important thing that you have in your company is your connection to the internet. Now again, people will say to me, oh, get out of town, Carl, that's a load of old rubbish. It's not the most important thing that you've got in your IT system in your business. It's our server or it's, you know, it's the computers that we've got or it's the software that we use. But actually, it is the internet connection. It used to be your servers. Without a doubt, that used to be the most important thing you had in your business because if the internet went off, you could all connect to what was on your computer system in the office and you could carry on working until it came back on again. But now everything is linked to the internet. Most people who work in accountancy will find that nearly all of their software is linked online because they file everything to the HMRC online. All of our emails always been online. It's been online since it started. It just didn't seem that way sometimes. Every website's online. If you use the zero accounting system, it's online. There's so many things. You know, your communications are online. If you're doing things like Google Hangouts and Skype calls, you, your telephone system is very, very much likely to be over the internet as well. You can see already what the impact is when you when you have this kind of thing. So it's really, really important that you get into your mind that the server is not the most important thing in your business anymore. It's your internet connection. And therefore, that's really what should have the primary investment in your business is that connection because without it you're going to start losing money 
Okay, what are the types of internet broadband connection that we can have? I'm going to keep using the term broadband to describe roughly a connection to the internet in a business. There's loads of words for all of these different things, and some of them today you're going to hear, and some of them are a bit techy, and there's acronyms. It's unfortunate, but this is the way of the world when you deal with things that are technical. They have long names, so they get shortened down. I'm going to keep using broadband. I think it's a good word to describe a connection to the internet. Some of the terms you might have heard banded around over the years to do with the internet are things like ADSL, VDSL, fiber, wireless. These are different types of internet connection. I'm going to take you through how these types of connection work, roughly. We're not going to get into the nitty gritty, so don't freak out. You're not going to have to understand any difficult physical electromagnetic concepts or anything like that. I'm going to tell you how, how these work, what the pros and cons are of each one, what sort of stuff that you get when you buy them, what's likely to happen when you go wrong, and what guarantees that you can have about that it won't go wrong. And I'm also going to talk about whether it's all about the download speed. Is it all about the download speed, or is there a little bit more to an internet connection that's important? Because everybody talks about, I've got 10 meg, I've got 20 meg, I've got 100 meg, I've got 500 meg. It's all about the download speed. But you know what? It's not all about the download speed. There's another really, really important fact, and we'll get to that today. I've no doubt that many of you have probably gone to buy broadband for your business, and you've gone out there, you've gone to Google, and you might use one of those tools for searching different ones that are available, broadband switch providers and things like that. And it's an absolute minefield of jargon. I know now I can put a postcode in and a phone number somewhere in Birmingham and it will come up with 60 different versions of broadband connection. So how do you know what the hell you're supposed to buy if you're not you know, of a technical persuasion or you don't necessarily understand the differences between the services? Chances are you're going to buy in price. And I totally understand that. Absolutely understand it because it's all full of technical jargon. Why wouldn't you base it on pricing? You've got no way of knowing the difference between ADSL, ADSL2, ADSL2+, and FTTC. They're just letters. What do you know what the difference is between them? Because one of them can have the same speed as the other one. So you can even look at the speeds and go, well, this one's got 16 meg, and this one's got 20 meg, and this one's got 16 meg again. And the price is different by 40 quid. So I'm going to get the one that's cheapest because, you know, I'm getting my 16 meg. So why would I pay 40 quid for it? Actually, there's a big difference in the way that that service is delivered, the stability of that service, the reliability of that service. But there's no way for you to know that because the websites don't make it obvious for you. They make it really, really easy for you to buy on the price point. And there's an old maxim that you get what you pay for in life. And that's very much the case with an internet connection. You can buy the top end of the internet connection. You can buy the Rolls-Royce of internet connections. And you can also buy the Mini Metro of internet connections. And um, apologies to anybody from the West Midlands region whose family's worked at the Rover. Mine did. Um, So I feel I'm, and I work there myself actually, so I feel I've got the right to call it a Mini Metro in comparison. But if anybody wants to, uh, you know, flame me for that one, then go ahead. But I'm going to use the reference of the Mini Metro to a Rolls Royce because I think it's pretty easy for most of us to get that visually into our mind. This is a key fact that we've got to bear in mind. We're all going out there and shopping on price. And shopping on price doesn't get you the best value. It gets you the cheapest item. And often cheapest items are poorly manufactured. They don't last as long. They have bad returns. That's when I'm talking about a retail product where it's very, very similar when you're dealing with broadband. So this has to be considered as well. Another fact that comes with that is when you buy a broadband connection, you usually get a free device with it that connects you to the internet. And that's fine because it'll get you connected to the internet. 
cybersecurity is a big thing at the moment and it's not going to get any smaller because it's easier for the criminals to take money via electronics via cyber than it ever is to try and take it from you personally or to steal from banks or armed robbery or any of that stuff that stuff attracts attention where a cyber crime can be committed overseas into another country without being caught so cyber security is really important now you know everybody knows generally in life when you when you sign up for one of those over 50s insurance plans, they try and tempt you in with a pen. They try and tempt you in with a Breville toaster. Uh, they try and tempt you in with an alarm clock radio. Well, you know full well that those things are going to be utter crap. They're going to be the utterly crappest grill, cheese grill sandwich known to man. It's not going to be the primo best ever Breville cheese sandwich. You know, the George Foreman of cheese sandwich grills. It's going to be a cheap and nasty one. And it's the same thing with the device that you get when you buy your broadband for your home. The device that they give you to connect to the internet is going to be the cheapest, nastiest piece of crap manufactured out of China. And that's not knocking China, it's just where it all comes from that you've ever seen. Security is not going to be at the forefront of what that device is meant to do for you. And it isn't on the forefront of the minds of the people who make it. Often those devices are designed once and then those circuit boards are designed, the software is designed, and they are manufactured in the millions and millions, year on, year on. And when you get to buy one, it's already six years old and it's got no updates for it. And it's bang full of security holes, which leaves you at risk the moment you're connected at home. And even worse, if you're connected in your business. Security is somebody else's problem. As Douglas Adams said in his Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books, it's an SEP, it's somebody else's problem, it's invisible, you can't see it. So these things, these devices that connect you to the internet are really not good. They're not good if you're using them in your business, they're not good if you're using them at home. But we're talking about business today, and I'm going to tell you about how they should be replaced, and what they should be replaced with. They're called firewalls, and we'll come to talk about those a little bit later on. Right. Before we get into any of the acronyms or any of the different types of services, I want to talk about two key things that are really, really crucial to any broadband connection for your business. And that is the two types of service that you can buy. You can buy a service that has a service level agreement or an SLA, as it's known, and here's the first of the acronyms. You buy a service that has an SLA with it or you buy a service that doesn't have an SLA with it. What does the SLA mean? The SLA is an agreement between you and the provider you bought the service from about what will happen if there is a problem with that service, what they will do to fix it, start work on it, and resolve it within a fixed period of time. For example, if you buy a service with a service level agreement associated with it, they may say to you, we will notify you of the fault within two hours. We will start work on the fault within eight hours. Now, you won't ever find anybody that can give you a guaranteed fixed time to actually fix the problem because life's not like that. There's certain things that could happen in life that are just totally unexpected. And so you won't actually ever find anybody who will guarantee you a fix. However, things do get fixed, of course. You know, companies are not in the business of not fixing things. Otherwise, they go out of business. But what you will find is if you buy a service that's got an SLA with it, the service level agreement, The company will tell you that if we can't fix that problem within 12 hours, we will compensate you for the time after that that it's not available. And usually that's in the term of credits back against your cost per month. So you get money back is what they're basically saying to you. 
So you can see there that when you've got a company that's offering you a service level agreement with your connection to the internet, with your broadband, what you're going to get for that is you're going to know what happens when it goes wrong. You're going to know how quickly they'll tell you about it. You're going to know what likely time it is when they will start to work on it and what times they'll work on it for you. And you'll also know that if it's down for a period of time, after that period of time, you'll get compensation, you'll get paid money for it. What's the opposite of that then? The opposite of that is a broadband service that has no SLA. Now, the interesting way of this is, if you look at the paperwork for any service of broadband that you buy, and this is just typical of how life goes, they'll all say that they've got a service level agreement with them. And that's technically true. There'll be some terms and conditions on a piece of paper that you sign. You, you've, we've all seen them. They're the tiny service conditions that come on the back of anything featuring or force majeure and acts of God and all of those things that you know we scan over them, we barely read them and sign yes to them. So they'll all have a service level agreement. But what will happen is if you take a cheap broadband connection, something that might be $9.99 to $19.99 a month, It'll have a service level agreement when there's a problem of a time to fix the problem. And it's called Best Endeavours. And what Best Endeavours really means is the organisation that provide it to you will do their best endeavours to fix it as quick as possible. But there are no guarantees. They can't tell you when they'll start the work. They don't know how long it'll take the work. And they've got no right to notify you about it either. You can look on their state of service page by all means, but they've got no rights to tell you about it. Best Endeavours is always Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. It's business hours, Monday to Friday, business hours. Now, that means if you've got a fault on a Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock and you're on one of these services, they're not going to start looking at it after 5 p.m. until 9 a.m. on Monday. Think about how that might affect your business, particularly if your business is retail and it's open over the weekend and these are the key days that you use your, you know, your business is selling to your customers. You don't realise when you buy one of these cheaper broadband services that at Friday at two in the afternoon it's, it goes offline. The big the provider will only start noticing that if multiple people go offline because sometimes you know, one or two people going offline and coming online won't trigger their systems. You'll need multiple people offline. That might take till 4 p.m. Then from 4 p.m. they'll have their own processes to go through to have a look at the fault. At the moment, 5 p.m. kicks in. And for anybody who's on the, that Best Endeavours service level agreement, they'll just stop work on that until Monday at 9 o'clock. That means you're off all weekend. And that's not good. And there's nothing you can do about it. You can ring them up and you can give them hell down the phone. You can holler at them and shout at them and swear at them and do whatever you like. It makes no difference. You can scream and holler and say, I'm paying this and what about my service and I'm a good customer and I'll move elsewhere. They don't give a monkeys about it. One, you're not paying much money for it. You're paying like under 20 quid a month so they couldn't give two monkeys about whether you move anyway. Uh, two, they expect you to move anyway. They've got that help built into their business model for attrition. People who are just going to threaten to move, yeah, yeah, well, it's built in. This isn't like when you ring up Sky and they're offered to give you some free channels and stuff like that to stay. This stuff hasn't got that value to them. It's not important. You will just get put like, nah, whatever, wait. You'll have to deal with it on Monday. We sell more expensive circuits that have the SLAs with them is what the provider will say to you. So they'll know that you could have bought something that gave you more reliability. You could have bought something that would have given you time to know when it was going to get fixed. But you didn't. You cheaped out and bought the cheap one. Now, don't get it. Don't take offense if you've got one of these cheaper services and I just said you cheaped out. Don't take offense. I'm not calling you a cheapskate. I'm not calling you a cheapskate. Now's the time to change. You might have done something for the best price that you could afford at the time to do that. And if that was and you can afford a little bit more, now's the time where you're going to try and make that move. And I'll explain to you why it's important that you do.
all the home broadbands have this Best Endeavours SLA. They've all got them. They're the ones that when you go online, you put your postcode and your phone number in on Google, we find a website and it searches and it tells you we've got business broadband available in your area. That is marketing at its best. Business broadband means home broadband, no difference. There's no difference. It's a marketing term. It's a word. The broadband product that you get technically and physically is exactly the same. They're the cheapest services. There's no guarantee of a service. And they start around £10 a month, as I've said. And they tend to go up to around £50, £60 a month. And they've got technical names like these. ADSL, ADSL2+, FTTC. Those are the kind of names that you've got. Now, for those of you who like this kind of thing, ADSL is Ansynchronous Digital Subscriber Line. Nice, that one, isn't it? ADSL2+, plus. well, bingo, what a surprise. It's Ansynchronous Digital Subscriber Line 2+. plus. It's like JAWS 2. It's the improved version, although it clearly wasn't. It was a much more substandard film than the first one, although nowhere in comparison to 3 or 4, but I'm not going to get into that now. FTTC, fibre to the curb, fibre to the cabinet, one or the other. It depends who you're dealing with. It's curb or cabinet. But it's got fiber optics somewhere in it. But ultimately, that's what it stands for. These are all home business broadbands. And they're all the same. They all run over copper wires. Old school copper wires that your telephone has run over since Alexander Graham Bell was dinging around with telephones. And he put them over a wire. That's why you have to order a phone line with them. Makes kind of sense now, doesn't it? When you buy one of these broadbands and you see it's X amount per month. And then they go, oh, yeah, you got a £15 phone line per month to go with it. And you're like, what? You didn't mention that. Yeah, well, that's why you go for a phone line to go with it, because the phone line is what it runs over. And phone lines run over copper wires, and copper wires have been knocking around for over 100 years, and copper wires aren't very good at passing data signals very well. And there's a reason for that. You know, sometimes when you look at the speed of an internet connection, and you look at it, and it says up to 50 meg, and you're like, yes, I'm going to have that. I'm going to get me some up to 50 meg connection. You buy the service, you get it installed, you're super excited, you put the speed test into the computer, and get 9 meg and you're like where's me 50 meg i've got 9 meg download what's going on and then of course you remember it said up to 50 meg up to 50 meg is the best the most optimal conditions it's a bit like the man the car manufacturer's best economy which is generated in a wind tunnel in a car with no people in it that's never been driven in the real world and it's completely and utterly unachievable don't get me started on manufacturers urban economies in their vehicles this is the same sort of thing 50 meg is the maximum you could achieve in perfect conditions in which you are approximately one centimeter from the telephone exchange over a copper wire and that's how you do it however that's not how the real world works some of us will live the furthest distance from the telephone exchange before we would have had to go to another telephone exchange it could be a long 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 way copper wires degrade signal over time in fact, all types of, uh, this is going to get slightly techie and into uh, electronics, and you're talking about impedance and resistance on wires, and signals degrade over over distance. That's basically what we need to understand. Signals degrade over distance. And so the further away from the telephone exchange you are, the weaker the signal is, and the weaker the signal is, the less speed you can get over the wire, which means your speed of download is less and your speed of upload is less. That's why you see this lower number. Now, some of you might be interested in how this thing actually goes over the wire. So you can skip forward for three minutes now if you're not. But if you are, we can go through that. 
Everything on a computer is a one or a zero. That's what makes them so bloody amazing and, and marvellous. Everything is a one and a zero, a switch on or a switch off. And that's all that's happening over a home broadband connection that runs over a copper cable. There's a series of very, very fast ones and zeros going down the copper cable. And then at the other end is an electronic device that deciphers the ones and zeros and passes them onto another device as ones and zeros. So on and so forth until eventually you get a picture on your screen. It's a marvel of modern science if you have no in, if you have no idea how any of this stuff works it is bloody amazing and it is well worth watching a youtube video on it or reading a wikipedia page on it but i'm going to anyway i'll cut back to where we were what happens is ones and zeros go over a copper wire how do they go over a copper wire the voltage that's sent down the wire the electrical voltage that's sent down the wire is changed high means one or low means zero something like that it's one or the other so that's all it is voltage changes in copper wire when you get interference, it affects those voltage changes being detected by the device at the other end of the wire, and therefore that degrades the the amount of ones and zeros that can be sent, the amount of voltage fluctuations that can be sent down the wire and understood. The closer you are to the exchange, the less likely for there to be degradation of the signal, so you can get more ones and zeros through, so you can get more data through, so you get a faster download. The further away you are, the more degrade, more the signal degrades. The less ones and zeros can be sent as voltage fluctuation over the wire, therefore you get less download speed. That's that's it in a very, very simple way of stating it. Why is that an issue when we have a home broadband or one of these cheaper broadband connections? Because copper wires are too easily affected by outside environmental conditions, such as water. I know they're, the copper wires have got insulation on them, they have it wrapped around, they're not, you know, it's copper on the inside and plastic on the outside, but actually they get affected by water being around them they get affected by rats eating the cables they get affected by environmental electromagnetic influence if you run a cable past a machine that has a very high electromagnetic frequency that would cause the signal to degrade and you don't know where this cable goes out of your business building back to the telephone exchange you've got no idea where it goes out the room most of the time i've seen cables that have gone up into the ceiling space go around a complete reel of cable and then leave the building so they've already got another half a mile up in the ceiling on a reel you don't know where copper is going to go, and this is why copper becomes so unreliable for you. Copper isn't a reliable medium for internet connection. It becomes susceptible to failure. It's susceptible to distance. And if you buy one of those services combined with a service that has no SLA on it, on best endeavors, you're right at the bottom of the pile. You've bought cheap broadband. You're very likely to get intermittent connection, slow download speeds. It'll bug you. It'll be offline. You'll ring up the people and scream at them. They won't be able to do anything about it because they can't change the laws of physics, as was said on Star Trek. It can be done. You're just stuck with what you've got, and it does your brain in, and you scream about how crap broadband is and how rubbish technology is. You hate the lot, and you screw it all, and you get on a boat, and you go live somewhere up in the Isles of Scotland as a hermit, and you start eating stuff off trees nearly swore then but i kept it together right what's the other option what's the other option okay the other option is these services that have the sla that have the guarantee that have the compensation okay these are called lease lines you may have heard that term you may not have heard the term leased line is what you want to be listening for that's a that's a business grade connection and here's why it's a business grade connection Nine times out of ten, a lease line runs over fiber optic. That means it runs over a cable that's got glass running through it, glass, shot, glass all the way down through the cable. 
This is what most modern uh, intercommunication on telephone systems internationally and between cities run on, fiber optics. We even have fi fiber optics are in our cars now. Pretty much all the in-car entertainment in a modern car is all on fiber optics. Most of the lights are probably on fiber optics. Why are they on fiber optics? Here we go. Because they run at the speed of light. This time, instead of a voltage fluctuation over a copper cable, you have got a blink of light down a glass-threaded tunnel, and that moves at the speed of light, which is faster than the electric electricity will run through a copper cable. It runs at the speed of light, which if any of us know our physics 101, know that there's nothing faster than the speed of light. That is the fastest that we understand in science at the moment. We cannot go faster than that speed as we understand it at the moment. So you've got speed of light communication, which is what you'll see on TV adverts when you see people like Virgin and stuff talking about it. We've got speed of light communication. So ones and zeros are done by blinking light down a cable that's glass inside it. Now you might think with it being glass, isn't it easy to break? It's glass. Yes and no. It isn't difficult to break a fiber optic cable if you give it a good bend. However, the glass actually is so well made inside these shielded cables that you can coil them up. So it is actually quite a flexible cable, but if you were to bend it in half in like a V shape, like you might with a hose pipe when you stop the water going through it, that's probably going to snap the glass inside. So it's not fragile. However, you can't manhandle it and treat it like anything that you want to do. That's why they don't break if you're curious about that. Lease lines, fiber optic, speed of light. These are the things that in business are the best connections. These are the connections where you might buy a connection and they'll say you can have 100 megabytes or you can have 200 megabytes. Don't worry too much about these numbers at the moment. We roughly equate them to what you get at home. You know, you're 16 meg, 20 meg, 30 meg. Yeah, you can roughly equate it in your mind to that. You buy a 100 meg connection. That's a very popular connection speed for a lease line for a business to have. You know, that's going to be somewhere about five, five times, six times faster than you'll get on a cheaper connection. But the really important thing is it's going to run over. It's running going to run over fiber optics, so it's going to be very, very reliable. It's not affected by environmental conditions or, de or de uh, de being degraded. It's not affected by water. It's not affected by the rats because they fit them inside shielded cables because they're brand new and they're fitted into your building. So these are being fitted in the modern era rather than utilizing old copper cables that have existed 50, 60 years. That's the difference. They're not running through places where the rats will eat them. A provider can guarantee you the bandwidth when they're dealing with speed of light communications over fiber optics. So if you want 100 meg, you can have 100 meg. And it doesn't matter how far away you are from a telephone exchange because you're not going to use a telephone exchange. You're going to be running on a different part of a network that's being provided by, and generally you know, being provided by people like Vodafone, BT, TalkTalk, Talk, all these big companies. The fiber optic networks that they're building, digging at roads and putting it at the moment, these are all brand new networks. So it doesn't matter how far you are from the exchange. If, they, if you want 100 meg, they're going to give you 100 meg and you'll get 100 meg. So you're going to get what you pay for now, which, which you don't get with home broadband. You get a best endeavors. You get as close to as it might be. With the lease line, you will get what you pay for. Now, here's the important part I mentioned at the start of the podcast. It's not all about the download speed. I said about 100 meg. It's not all about the 100 meg. It's about something called latency. What is latency in our world? That's the world of the tech person. Latency means the speed in which data runs through a connection. Imagine a pipe with water running through it. The wider the pipe, the, the, the wider the pipe diameter, the more water that you can push through it in a time. That's bandwidth. That's your 100 meg download. It's the amount that you can push through it in at a time. 
bandwidth is all about that width. A fat pipe is an expression that people use. Well, that's why they use the expression of fat pipe. That's what bandwidth is about. Now let's go back to the pipe again. And let's say you turn a tap onto full and the speed of the water out of the tap is really, really high. It's going to absolutely fly out of the pipe. Now, if you turn it barely to a tickle, trickle and you don't change the diameter of the, of the pipe, you've changed the speed at which the water is released. So this is the speed at which the water moves through a pipe. Well, if you imagine that as data, if the speed at which data moves through a pipe is really important. It's not only the amount of data that moves through, but the speed at which it moves through it. Why does that matter? Because if you're doing things in real time, you need it to be moving at real time. Example being having a conversation over the telephone, over the internet. If the amount of data that's going down that pipe is going through at trickle speed, it's not going through very fast, your conversation's not, you're going to be slow. You're not going to be able to hear the other person's end of the conversation. There's going to be problems with that. You need real-time speed in order to have real-time communication. The same if you want to do video calls with, with people. You want what's called low latency. Latency is a measurement of speed. The higher latency is, the slower the data moves. The lower the latency is, the faster the data moves. Unfortunately, that's a bit counterintuitive in your mind because low means fast and high means slow. And that's back to front in how we normally number things in life. When you hear people talking about an internet connection, you want low latency. Low latency means almost real-time speeds. And the lower the latency is, the nearer you are to real-time speeds. You want the fastest connection that you can have, if we imagine the water through the pipe again, want the fastest connection, the amount of water that can go through the pipe as fast as possible, and the fast and the widest pipe. And that gives you bandwidth and latency at the same time, which means you can shove a lot of data down and you can do it really, really quickly. And this is what's really important. Why is it important? Because so much business is moving to online. We know this. Go on YouTube. You, everything's online on our apps, on our phones. Everything is online. And we have to have low latency to make that happen in our lives. If we've got high latency, you'll know when it's slow. YouTube pages won't load. You can't watch Netflix. They stutter. In your office, it'll be the same with when you're trying to have a phone call with people. and Like that, the conversation drops in and out. Latency is really, really critical. Now, I'm going to get a bit technical again at the moment. You might, you know, you can do these online speed tests. You'll have seen them. You can go to speedtest.net and you can run a speed test and see what kind of speeds you've got. Go and run a speed test and see what you've got. You want to be having a latency of under 15 milliseconds. That's what I'd call a fast connection, under 15 milliseconds. You'll see milliseconds. It'll show up on most of these speed tests. That's the that's a, a part of a second that it's measuring. So it's 15 millionths of a second that it's measuring. So 15 milliseconds is what you want to see or below. Anything over that and you're starting to get slow, you can kind of tell the difference. If you've got a lease line, you'll be under 15 milliseconds. If you've got a ADSL line or such, you'll probably be around 40 milliseconds. If you've got satellite broadband or something of that nature or Wi-Fi broadband, you'll probably be over 100 milliseconds and up to 800 milliseconds, which is nearly a second, which in terms of data and electronics is as slow as you possibly can get. I'm looking at the clock now. I've already reached 30 minutes on the podcast, so I'm going to call it at this point. I'm going to call it. I may even break this one down into three episodes, and we'll call this Everything You Want to Know About Broadband Part 1. This was Part 1 of it, and I've gone through some interesting topics for you. I'm hoping that this has helped you understand a little bit more about it. It is a technical topic. It isn't the most exciting thing if you're not into tech, because a lot of it is acronyms and technology. But it is really, really important for your business. You understand the difference between buying the non-SLA service and the SLA-based service, the, the services that run on copper and the services that run on fiber optic. And next time, I'm going to talk a little bit more about why you want to have these fiber optic ones, what the Wi-Fi broadband is, and then we're going to move on into more detail about 
firewalls and how they get involved and how you can get security and how you can get the best services for your business. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want to leave us a review on Apple, Stitcher or any of the other places, you please do. Please get in contact with us if you want to give us any feedback. Say, my name's Carl Heath. It's Kimberly IT. I'd love to hear what you've got to say. Is this valuable? Am I just whittering on to nobody? Is anybody listening to this? I don't know. i got to go now because I've got to go and pick my girls up from nursery. So that's why I'm going to finish the podcast up now. I'm going to do a part two next time. We'll get that released next week. So thanks for listening. I've been Kyle. I'll see you later. Bye.